Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Yo, what's up? You're listening to the Alternative Facts Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Payne. Hope you had a good week so far. Hope you enjoyed last week's podcast with the movie life. Man, I, I'm i still listening to that album a lot. Comeback LP. Goes pretty hard. I was I was having a good time interviewing them last week, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you haven't been able to check it out, go back, listen to it. One of my favorites in recent weeks. Uh, saw them in Brooklyn in uh, the Warsaw venue last Friday night, and it was a pretty good show, but uh, I'm going to shift gears to the present. we got a packed show today. Got an interview with uh, Lauren D. from Warriors, a great new kind of up-and-coming punk band. I mean, they have a few albums, but uh, I think they're going to reach a much bigger audience with this one coming up. So I want to share that interview with you, but first, we're going to talk some shop, talk charts. There's a lot going on in the alt world, and we have just the man to talk about that with, Kevin Rutherford. What's up? Hey, hey. So earlier, you were talking about movie life brewing their own beer. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. That, that more bands should do that. Was, I, th- I think every every show that you go to should have like its own beer, their own mixed cocktail. I'm just I'm I'm tired of drinking PBR, basically. It was it took its name from one of their lyrics, and also it was a strong IPA, so they didn't even play it safe. They went Ooh. kind of kind of edgy. Wow! So like you're paying like eight or nine dollars still, but like you actually get the alcohol content this time. Right, it seems sounds like yeah, it. not not a super heavy IPA, but okay, solidly IPA still. Nice. There's no mistaking this. All right, bands out there, I'll go I'll go to your shows if you do this like more often. I'm, yeah, I, I'm into it. I like it. Yeah, it had it had a, a ski mask cartoon on the on the cups, and ski mask mm. was the name of the first song on the on their new album. Far out. So there was some some synchronicity going on there. Very good. Good job, movie life. Yeah, a plus, a plus. Um, but yeah, we have a, a lot of new music out right now. Uh, it's getting close to Grammy season uh, or Grammy nomination, you know, like the deadline. So because of that, a lot of music is coming out, not just in the rock genre, but just across all genres. But uh, because of that, there's been there's been a lot to keep up with. Um, still trying to kind of catch up with some albums I haven't listened to all the way through yet. But there are some that I have heard um, that are out now, like The Killers or Foo Fighters, uh, both of whom have come out recently, are debuting on the charts, or will debut on the charts. Some up-and-comers. Yeah, you know, some, the, these these new... Some uh, scrappy underdogs. Yeah, they're just real real hungry for that at number one, I'll tell you what. Um, although, interestingly, uh, 
the killers actually kind of might be. Um, we're kind of going into the future here at this point, but uh, we put up a story, uh, I believe it was last night, about the killers' new album, Wonderful Wonderful, which could be their first ever number one on the Billboard 200, which is kind of crazy. Never had a number one before this. Sam's Town went number two. I, I feel like I've been seeing them everywhere on like the late shows. Totally. Doing a lot of press. That has to help. They've been pounding the pavement. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so uh, I think that has to help. But uh, the man is still, uh, the lead single, still trying to get to number one on alternative songs. It would be the first number one since uh, when you were young. But it's not there yet. Feel it still. Feel it still. Still going up the charts. What Man, a, how high is it going to go? It's number 10 in the Hot 100, not even the alt chart, where it's yes. been number one forever. That's right. It's a top 10 song with no qualifiers, not saying top 10 at rock or top 10 at all. It's a legit just top 10 song. Mm-hmm. Let and that how, sink in. How high do you think it can go? How high do I think it can go? It's certainly higher than this. I mean, um, Let's put it this way. At this point on um, the Hot 100, uh, which this week is led by Bodak Yellow by Cardi B, but uh, with other monster hits right now like um, Post Malone's Rockstar, Taylor Swift, Look What You Made Me Do, so on and so forth out there. Yeah, the Logic song. The Logic song, yeah. So that top four is kind of in a league of its own. But once you get to like number five or number six, which number five is a currently falling Despacito, because it's no longer the summer and people are kind of <laughs> kind of over that song, um, as well as some other songs kind of in that range, they're all a little closer in terms of overall chart points. So Portugal, the man, in order to get to like the highest rank of the charts, you know, like the top four or so at this moment, at least, would have to really have kick into another gear. But where it's at right now, it's not really far from some of these other songs in like the top ten. So. Um, Six or five, I think, is not in any way out of the question because it hasn't reached its peak yet at really anywhere. I mean, it's it hit number five this week in the most played songs on radio and the most uh, sold songs in the country. And as I was telling you uh, the other day, I haven't even put it on sale yet. 69 cents. That's what everybody does, though, nowadays to get, you know, that kind of sales boost. Kind of happens this week, this coming week with Taylor Swift. She put her song uh, down to 69 cents, and lo and behold, it's currently, through just a couple days of uh, sales, one of the most sold, actually the most sold song in the country. And that could change as we get more days. But the point is, it popped back up there, and part of that is that 69 cent sale. Meanwhile, Portugal the Man, fifth most sold, sold song in the country, hasn't even gone on sale yet. So that means there's still people discovering this song. There's still people getting more interested in this song. I mean, it's still gaining at pop radio. I think it's is ten. It top I, ten now. I, yeah, 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 I remember seeing ten. This yeah, morning. so it's it's still gaining there, and uh, really, so like none of the metrics are slowing it. It also, I think, it's at in the 30s now for most streamed songs, which is always a big hurdle to cross. You know, for any rock song, is to like okay but are you getting streamed that much comparatively and uh the fact that it's in the top like 40 now is is a good start um so yeah i think you can go top i think you can go top five it's can it go number one i mean it it just has to get so many more streams i think at this point sure um let alone getting higher up on radio but the fact that it's top five right now is awesome and the crazy thing also is that it's not really even slowing at something like Alternative. Alternative this week, it's number one for a 14th week. And it could very easily be 15 weeks. 
you could very easily eat 16 weeks. There's nothing that's really coming up to really challenge right now. You've got the Killers. You've got Imagine Dragon's second single, Thunder, that's also kind of on its way up. But none of them are like that kind of song that you look at and they're like gaining by leaps and bounds. You're just like, okay, well, yeah, obviously they're going to overtake this soon. Portugal the Man, in a lot of cases, is still like gaining at radio at alternative. Like it, it's not at its peak anymore, but like it kind of fell there for a little bit, but now it's kind of slowly going back up again. You're just like, oh, when is this song going to go away? And it doesn't seem like anytime soon. Um, so that's that's really important. And I wanted to throw out there that, and I think this was done in Gary Trust's Hot 100 story, but it's now 14 weeks at number one on this chart. That is the second longest this decade, as in, in the 2010s, ninth longest of all time. Curious if you know what the longest running number one is. At alt? At alt. Yeah, is it Imagine Dragons it's Radioactive? Not. It's actually not. Imagine Dragons Radioactive is 13 weeks. Number one. Is it... Is it, it was this decade. It, it was this decade. Mm-hmm. Is it a Linkin Park song? It was not a Linkin Park song, no. It is a... Um... Wait, wait, let, me, let me get like okay. one more guess. One more in. guess. All right. Is it a Black Keys song? Is it like Lonely no, Boy? It's not. Do you want a hint? Sure. Uh, English rock band. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. You said this in the meeting the other day. Duh. It's uh, Muse's Madness. Yep. Muse's Madness, 19 weeks, um, which is also, of course. Damn. Yeah. That's a long time. Well, Muse's Uprising, uh, which is technically in the 2000s since 2009, 17 weeks. This is, They're the type of band that, you yeah. know, when they go number one, they <laughs> stay there for a very long time. Kind of like Imagine Dragons. But at this point, Portugal the Man has a longer running number one song than Imagine Dragons has ever had. So. I don't, I don't know what that says. Just there you go. That's a that's a fun thing. So anyway, the, the fact that it's still rising at alt and it's rising now at pop, just kind of everywhere. It just doesn't feel like it's done or even close to being done yet, which is crazy because it's just been it's now since like March. They, they really timed this one well, I think. So, yo, they're they're totally going to be performing Feel It Still at the Grammys this year with someone goofy and random. Totally. Uh, yeah. Like absolutely. Lil, Lil Wayne or like. I can see them throwing like like logic in there or something too. Yeah, just like... <laughs> or just like David Guetta or like David some Ge- like just literally oh, remix. S- some DJ. Someone has remixed that song, or like a couple people remixed that song. Who was there? There was like a slightly larger name, and I can't think of who it is. Anyway, you're right. Absolutely, going to be at the Grammys. They'll throw someone with it, and I'm here for it. I'm hoping it. I th- I, th- I think it'll do well with a rapper. I kind of want to hear it with a rapper. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's a beat driven song. Actually, I'm kind of shocked they haven't already done some sort of remix with a rap verse. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm surprised they have shown that much restraint. Where someone hasn't been like, oh, well, you know what we should do? Saving it all for the Grammys. <laughs> you know it. You know it. That's it. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. But um, anyway, I mean, you know, we've been talking about this song for for months at this point, and it's cool to see it actually really getting to this point. And uh, but yeah, I think it's going to keep going up. But it's uh, again, I think it's got to reach. There, there's a final kind of barrier to cross before it can get up to like the Taylor Swifts or the Cardi Bs at this point. So that might come. We'll yeah. See. Stranger things have happened. This Absolutely. song has been such a surprise in its whole lineage. Like, who knows what could happen to mm-hmm. give it that extra bit of momentum? Yeah, absolutely. So, speaking of unexpected, weird, awesome things that happened this year, brand new. Give me some details. <laughs> I know that 
the album is kind of blown over as it was a number one a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It'll bubble up again when the vinyl comes out in yes. mid-October. But surprisingly enough, we're talking singles with Brand New. Yes. Can't get it out, being worked to radio. Where mm-hmm. is the song at right now? So unfortunately, it's not on a chart yet. Uh, in- only only in our hearts. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I will say that it was... It's getting close. Um, although it did kind of fall a little bit this week, it, it lost about a very small amount of plays from the previous week. So not like a ton, not like a, well, this, the bottom's falling out, this is over type of thing um, yet. But it, it's close. It's getting there. It's uh, and, and I think a really important thing about this song that is a marker for possible future success is the fact that uh, Sirius XM's Alt Nation is playing it. They're usually pretty good. They're, they're a pretty good tastemaker, as one at least in terms of alternative Shout radio. Shout out to days. Jeff Regan, yeah, absolutely friend of the podcast. Absolutely, we should have him on the podcast. Dude, dude, do it, do it. He's always he's he's one of my favorite people to to, to hear talk about alternative radio, hundred percent. But um, they tend to be a pretty good tastemaker for you know what's what's out now, what's to come. They're usually on things a little earlier. And the fact that they're playing it and playing it at a fairly decent clip, I think, means good things still. I mean, could could mean good things. Uh, they're not the only one that's playing a decent amount. There's a station in Philly, uh, WRFF, I think, is that is that theirs? Something like that. I apologize if I got it wrong, but it's close to that. Yeah, it actually is. WRFF, look at me. Um, they're playing it a decent amount. There's a couple other stations. Station up in Rochester, New York, so on and so forth. Point is, there this are is a nice stations. collection of mid-Atlantic. I know, right? Cities. <laughs> I, I dig it. I mean, but like driving distance from Long Island, exactly. mid-Atlantic cities. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, are you shocked? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there are some stations playing it, um, and, and and not just playing it, like, but like giving it a good shake too. Not just like you know throwing it on once or twice. At like 4 a.m., like, oh, yeah, we played the brand new song. Look, there you go. Mm. Like, when did you play it? Oh, it was like 3 a.m. But uh, so that's good. But it's not there yet. I'd love for it to be there. But, you know, it, it was always going to be an uphill battle. I think I mentioned this last time I was on with how, you know, they haven't had a radio single really hit. And it's been has it been a decade? If not, it's been close. Jesus Christ was uh, 2006, the yeah. tail end. That yeah. got like so, a little bit of alt play. Yeah, and that, that's been the last one. And so that was like, a major label push working it. That was Interscope, and now they're just self-releasing, working this to radio on exactly. their own. Yeah, so the fact that it's been so long, they're doing it on their own, it was always going to be an uphill battle. The fact that they've been able to make it as far up as they have, which is kind of like if the position had like, if, if the charts had like 60 positions, they'd be on there, no problem. Problem is it's 40. So, but the fact they're able to make it that high up is pretty, pretty cool. We should so. just make the alternative songs chart, like the albums chart, and just have 200 spots. <laughs> the top 200. And you just have like that one weird station that decides to play, I don't know, Chainsmokers Closer or something. God. Is that, <laughs> is that what, what it would be? Like populating the bottom 50? Um, yeah, you, no. <laughs> you you get like stations that decide like that that are a little like pop leaning and be like because there were stations that did play maybe a better example more recent example and this is tangentially related because of Halsey but like Halsey's Now or Never got played by a couple of stations not usually but a lot but like yeah of, it'll be like the stations so, yeah. that play weekend singles from yes. four years ago yes you you would see that you would see like some people think Dua Lipa is like slightly alt enough so they're like yeah sure. Um, it would be stuff like that. 
Hell yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming by. Shout out your socials and anything you're working on right now you want to tell the people about. Uh, yeah, I'm surfwax83 on Twitter. And uh, yeah, no, um, nothing really particularly working on right now. I'm just excited that there are two alternative rock songs in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 again. It's been... Well, it hasn't actually been that long because 21 Pilots did it like a year ago when like Ride and Heathens were at like the same time. But it's exciting that there's two different bands doing it. And uh, man, I'm just, I just, I'm not saying this is going to herald in like the next wave of alternative rock in the top 10, but it is really nice to see. And I'm going to kind of, I think I'm going to go and go back into the archives and see when the last time this really happened with two different bands. Um the results may shock you. They may not. I don't know. Uh, probably have something on Billboard by the end of this week, though, talking about that. And uh, I'm also kind of going through a bit of a uh, research on Queens of the Stone Age, um, who make the mainstream rocker play t- chart this week in top 10 for the first time since no one knows. So it's been 14 weeks. So I want to kind of go back. 14 and- years. Sorry. Thank you. I just... <laughs> you, you you always with with, with a chart you always talk so much in like weeks that sometimes it's like it when you're describing in. how old your baby is <laughs> yeah right there's that yeah that, that, that makes <laughs> sense that, that's a good comparison but yeah it's been 14 years since they were in the top 10 and i'm um, kind of going back through and seeing when the last time this happened and uh the answer is like i mean chris cornell um solo wise it took like 16 years between some of his solo stuff in the late 90s and then when he was on like did some of his soul his last soul album like 2015 so there's that but like has there been anybody else that took a little long i don't know i'm gonna find out so keep an eye out for those very specific chart-based stories um, by the end of this week but that's about it thanks man Lauren D. from Warriors, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for coming by. Uh, I feel like we should talk about New Jersey because <laughs> I am, I know you're from central New Jersey and yes. I am also from central New Jersey. So oh. as soon as I learned that, I was just like, okay, we're going to have to narrow this down. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in Bridgewater. I grew up in Martinsville, which is part of Bridgewater Township. Where okay. did you grow up? I grew up in Woodbridge. Okay. The town okay. of Woodbridge. Colonia yes. is the town within Woodbridge. Gotcha. Okay. There's the there's a train station there. There is, yeah. Cool. Okay. There, there's and a mall in Bridgewater. A mall. Yeah. There's also a mall in Woodbridge. There is a mall in Woodbridge. Wow. There's not a mall in every New Jersey town, even though it seems like there might be. But... Oh my god, I just read this article on NewJersey.com. They ranked all twenty nine malls in New Jersey. Whoa. Where was the Woodbridge Mall? Woodbridge Mall was maybe twenty. Okay. Menlo was number six, I think. Oh, right. oh and that's close. Me- no. Yeah, Menlo it's and like... Woodbridge are like very close to each other, right you, on Route 1. Do you remember where the Bridgewater Mall? It's, pro- it's probably not middle really. of the road. It's oh, oh yeah. Like, um, it's not It's not a very like, schmancy mall. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, I actually don't know a ton about Bridgewater or what was the, what was the, the other town name? Martinsville. It's blank and you'll miss it, though. It's like a tiny town within within Bridgewater itself. But 
mostly people just know about the mall. Totally. That's, that's really all there is to know about. I mean, someone's going to at me mad about Bridgewater, but um, I mean, yeah, there's there's not much there. Just lots that's, of You lots forgot of, the rec center. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> there's a place to go ice skating and okay. I don't know. There's there's things, but there's there's the mall. Yeah, th- that list was actually like r- r- I found it really interesting cuz the malls at the very bottom of the list are like more than half deserted and there's sort of like these suburban ghost towns where you go there and most of the mall is really decrepit and just hasn't mm-hmm. been updated or had anything done to it yeah. in like 15 years. Like half the stores are empty. And there's just like like maybe a Sears or a Foot Locker <laughs> or a few stores like that that are still open. Sears. Yeah. But mm-hmm. th- like 80% of the mall is just a like ghost town. Yeah, that's not, I mean, that sounds accurate for like, if there are that many malls in New Jersey, some of them must be not doing so hot. But it, that's, I feel like that's quintessential right there. Yeah. Like, so besides, I know you say it's just the mall, but besides like that, what was, what was the town like growing up there? Well, I mean, I grew up, I grew up in a development where like you couldn't, you could only ride your bike so far. Like it's like literally surrounded by highways or like very main roads with no sidewalks. So could only, could only explore so far. Like I didn't live in a town where you had a downtown, you know, and you could Uh. like walk to your friend's house or something like that. That did not exist. Um, so, um, but it was super suburban in that way, you know, like it wasn't, yeah, I don't know. It, It was, I don't know. <laughs> so how was it you first found your way to punk rock? Yeah, well, there was um I went to school with some kids who uh well, I was I was friends with this one girl who dated somebody in a pop punk band. Like he didn't go to our school, <laughs> but but they were dating, so she took me to one of their shows in like a na- in like Randolph, New Jersey at this like nightclub called Obsessions. Oh yeah. Yeah, so that was my first show with, like, um, it was, like, Face First, Foil, and Let's Go Bowling. So it was, like, a ska uh-huh. punk show. And um, and then there was a venue also very close to my house in, in Boundbrook called The Palace that okay. um, uh, that had a ton of shows. That So it was easy. It was, like, ten minutes away from my house. So, like, my parents were driving, and it was fine. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Hamilton Street Cafe. In also Palmer. Hamilton Street. I went there all the time. I, well, I went to Hamilton Street. Hamilton Street opened after the palace closed after the Boundbrook flood. There was a big hurricane in the late 90s or early 2000s. It was the late 90s. And, um, yeah, and then Hamilton Street opened. And then also Bloomfield Ave yeah. opened in Montclair. But these were all all ages, somehow all ages venues did as far as i know did not have a bar yeah they did but now looking back i'm like how did that work alcohol that's probably why well but i'm i'm surprised that they were such successful all ages spaces that were not they were not diy yeah it's like how is how are they getting that money yeah well i think they (laughs) they they definitely um they would charge you for the space so like i booked a number of shows there at, at least a few where yeah it's like you just had to you had to like sign contracts and like pay a certain amount of money, like from the door. You know, like they, yeah, it wasn't a DIY space, but it was definitely all ages. And yeah, I, I saw probably most shows there when I was in high school. Oh, dope! So yeah, we have we have a sense of this lineage. Yeah. Here. So you, wait, so you went to Hamilton Street? Yeah, I went to okay. Hamilton Street and Bloomfield a bunch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Wow. This is this is interesting to yeah. the two of us, but that's okay. And Hamilton Street wound up closing also because of a flood. Yeah. That was yeah. like, it was, I remember it was, I wasn't going there as much anymore because it was my freshman year of college. So I was like out of town, but it was like still a bummer because it was sort of a succession of a lot of space. It's like this closing down and there, mm-hmm. it seems like now, maybe not so, maybe like, like in New Brunswick and like, other places the scene is still going but it seems like kind of after this wave a lot of it didn't really pick up the slack no and i think i think i'm wrong that there was a fire at the palace and then the flood i'm thinking of is the one that that damaged hamilton street but i remember i remember making my parents drive me down through boundbrook oh yeah because i wanted to see it was like so it, it was heartbreaking but and now i i drove past there recently and it's a laundromat so i don't know so we just it, it went the way of the laundromat. Yeah. <laughs> so we jumped way back in the past. So we can absolutely revisit that later on. I feel like we should jump into yeah. the present. Get get some of our listeners back on board with us. Uh, Survival Pop. It's a new mm-hmm. album. <laughs> yeah. This is this is uh, the second Warriors full length. Yes. And the, the yeah. f- after one full length and an EP. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Eight, eight eight track EP, so like wasn't quite sure. Yeah, it was twelve inch, but it's not. A, I I maintain that it's not an LP. Okay, so the second album and the first one was Side One Dummy. So just to give a little introduction, tell mm-hmm. me about like how the first album with this label came together. Maybe what the writing process was like. Um. Well, we um, I guess like after Imaginary Life, we toured a bunch and um, kind of. I knew I knew I wanted to write another record and and the way I write tends to be like with a record in mind, you know? Like I I tend to not just like have 30 songs saved up. Mm-hmm. Um it it tends to be um you know, towards like a a final body of work. So, um so I knew that I wanted to write another record and so we um we kind of started taking some time off earlier last year and like demoed songs and things and really tried to put um like the whole full length together and um yeah it's like working working with side one just i feel like made a lot of sense for us at the moment um mm-hmm. and it's a really good family of bands that it just it felt like like the people we're like playing shows with and um hanging out with and I don't know, like it, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, and you, and <laughs> I'm you, sorry, you were, I feel like that, like I can't, Yeah, well, I we, don't know how to talk about it specifically, other than mm-hmm. saying that they're like, um, you know, we've known about them for a long time, they're, they're, they've been really um, supportive so far, so um, it, it made sense for, um, yeah, it's like putting, putting this next record out into the world. Um, yeah, and you worked with, Don Giovanni, great mm-hmm. New Jersey label before that. So you probably had a good sense of what having a great community through a record label is like already before that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it sets um, like a certain level of expectation for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, um, that's the thing. It's like, we've, I've worked with Don Giovanni in some form for a very long time that I've never, and I've actually, um, like hadn't ever really talked to a label that wasn't just like friends from shows. That right. Yeah. You, know, you know, um, so, so it's definitely a change, but it's, but it, 
you know, working with Don Giovanni definitely set us up to really feel like we needed to have that community and like those friendships going into it. Yeah. Where does the title Survival Pop come from? Oh, um, well, it, I mean, it's not a reference to anything, um, uh, like any kind of like third party piece of artwork or anything, but, um, it, um, I mean, I, I think about the record as a whole as like songs for self-preservation and I, um, I think that, you know, regardless of the kind of rock music we make, I really like pop music. Like I really, I, I place a lot of value in that. And, mm-hmm. um, so I think survival pop came out of both of those things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's really striking to me about your music is you have such a strong knack for choruses, like write, like writing hooks. Like, where do you think that comes from? And we can we can drop some samples of this in, uh, absolutely. But uh, where where do you think that part of your songwriting comes from? Well, I mean, I think I, um, I mean, like I said, I really I just in, enjoy like pop music or just music that I can sing along to. So that's always where my songwriting has sort of come from like that's always like I'm I'm trying to write melody lines like that tends to come first for me um so um I think that it's just because that's my starting point like I can't I've never I don't think I've ever written a song where it wasn't somehow like based based around a hook in, in some sure. way um or like something that would get stuck in my own head um like even if that's not readily apparent to anybody else, um, so so yeah. But I think it's yeah, it's definitely like just really liking poppy music. <laughs> And you openly call it a pop punk band. Well, well. Okay. So if you want to qualify that, go ahead. Um, I tend to not use the term pop punk for us because okay. it, I think it, um, maybe it makes people think of a different genre than we actually are. But um, sure. But yeah, it's like melodic punk, poppy punk. For sure. Yeah. I think I just read something. Maybe it was from a couple years ago where I got that from. Where. Yeah. But um. But totally. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, with with the last album, like they them theirs was such like a rallying cry. I think with with the content of that song, is there a song on this album that you're hoping becomes sort of a similar anthem? Oh well, I mean, I think I think there are definitely songs on this record that um, are motivated by like trying to express a certain point of view and um, trying to express a certain. Um, lived experience mm-hmm. that could turn into that for sure. I don't think I like, you know, went into it thinking like, I'm going to write an anthem for this thing, but definitely like writing songs for myself to, to feel empowered by, um, the preservation. Pop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's definitely like, I, I certainly hope that there are, there are songs that will kind of find that place. And for those listeners who aren't familiar, could you just explain what they, them, theirs covers? Sure. Um, I mean that that song um, is about 
not really understanding the gender binary or like why um why people place such importance on it but also um for me was written from a place of of not wanting to like overdetermine my own identity so like using um gender neutral pronouns um or just you know within the queer community feeling like you kind of always have to have this really overdetermined label for yourself and not really feeling like I have one. So just w- wanting to express that, but it's, it's definitely about like, or it's at least coming from a place of, um, you know, androgyny and, and like not really fitting into the gender binary, but, um, but I appreciate that like people have found different, um, different attachments to it. I found. We are Yeah, I bet like the crowds you see at your shows are very different from like the crowds you saw when you first started going to like New Jersey shows cool. back. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely, absolutely. I mean, but I mean, it's similar, but just expanding. I mm-hmm. think it's is really a thing. It's not. It's not that it's necessarily um, like that different, but it's just it's way more welcoming. I think. So. Yeah, because like I remember going to shows like that and not really thinking of it a ton like how basically every single band i was seeing was just like white guys mm-hmm. and then then like maybe it was just like going to see paramore like i saw them i think i think it might have been at obsessions or a place like that <laughs> when they were first starting yeah. and then sometimes i would just start thinking about like wow like of all these bands on my ipod or like that i go to see like there's like one or two that have like a woman in them yeah it, it i mean crazy back then def- yeah yes yes absolutely and well and that's what I kind of always think back on when people are like, oh, like, what do you think of like how things are going now? And I'm like, yeah, well, it's better than, <laughs> yeah, it's better than 1998, let me tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's like, and I'm, I'm just really excited by all the bands with like diverse gender lineups and, um, you know, diverse on, on many lines. So, um, so yeah, it's definitely different than when, when I started going to shows, but. It's a lot of fun. I cool. Think. Let's drop in a little bit of music from the album. Imaginary Life was the first track shared, right? First or second? Uh, Future Me was the first track shared okay. from, from the new record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's drop in Future Me. see what else so we talked we talked like super local about new jersey talked Mm -hmm. about that a lot i also want to talk to you about like your residencies and like your travels yeah Yeah, because you've been you've been all over you've been to berlin Mm -hmm. iceland staying living with interesting people making music what's that been like (laughs) um making other kinds of art well yeah yeah i mean i draw and paint and make zines and things like i i um, like to try to maintain my own visual art practice 
And um, before we started touring for the last record, um, I did a couple different artist residencies. Yeah, one in one in Berlin, one in Reykjavik, and um, and and yeah, I mean, I I was making zines about um, like queer collective living, and um, I I guess I try to like whether it's art or music, I'm just trying to make things that I want to see be out in the world. Like if I walked into a room full of artwork, what would I want it to look like, <laughs> you know? Um, or or what would I be excited by? So um, I guess that's where like that side of things comes from. And it's it's definitely harder when we're on the road a lot more, but, um, but I'm still trying to find time for it. Yeah, with the spaces you were creating these things in different countries, were there any really striking differences from what you were used to in America? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely way different living in in like Berlin or Iceland than it is living in like Brooklyn or Philadelphia. Um, I really like it in both of those places. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, um I think it was a it was a great experience not speaking either language very well um mm. but still feeling really welcome and um yeah i don't know i mean they're just like yeah it's a, it's a broad question europeans yeah cities. i'm thinking maybe um, like with within like the the punk or artistic communities that were there yeah. maybe there were certain issues that they were more cognizant of or put more emphasis on or things they put less emphasis on compared to like punks that you were used to in philly oh, or new yeah. jersey i mean like punks in iceland what are they like well there aren't many punks in iceland <laughs> so <laughs> like i was definitely like more focused on 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 visual art while i was there but um or then then like the music scene mm-hmm. but yeah it's like that's the thing it's like it's a really it's from what i could tell it's a pretty small scene um for like the type of music that i'm into over there but then like in berlin there's just such a history of like of anti-fascist movements and left there yeah. that um you know right right alongside punk and um shows and things are like squats and like antifa and um just like super lefty like great activist work um that um is obviously more complicated there but um it was really nice to see like en masse a much more political atmosphere for i guess my peers um than than you necessarily see day to day here although this past week yeah it's different but yeah because i was gonna say like that 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 like very progressive left sensibility in Germany. A lot of that was born out of dealing with really terrible fascism that was right in the country and yeah. trying to just never go back there again. So yeah, they had to deal with it up front, and now here it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like we're 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 seeing you know if people are gonna step up. So, um, but but I mean I think that's the thing um, that or political activism has always been a part of my experience with music so mm-hmm. um so i don't i i don't necessarily see it as separate here either it's just it's just different yeah how did you get involved first making zines um well i've always, the only time i've ever really made zines it's been um more focused on drawing and artwork so i've never really made like polit- political personal zines mm-hmm. but um definitely um i was i was a part of a feminist collective in brooklyn for a while that we um like my work with that 
was really focused on um, our zine distro. So we, um, you know, we spent a lot of time tabling like feminist, like radical left, uh, anti-racist zines. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's my context for it. But it's def- it's definitely its own. It's it's its own world that I realize I've like dipped out of a little bit, um, but but I think it's it's really important and it's it's something that um, I think is a really is a really personal and and um, like a little bit more intimate way to share information, especially like in the age of the internet. Totally, I, I you know reading physical uh, photocopied mm-hmm. zines is a much different experience. Yeah, with so many ways these days to create them and distribute them, do you have any advice you would pass along to like a young person who's interested in getting into this? Into into zines? Yeah, into zines, you know, similar ways of disseminating information. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's um I think it's a really um easy thing that you can do. Like you really can just do it yourself. Like you don't need like web experience. You just need to go to Kinkos or what like FedEx or whatever it is and like learn the Am I allowed to say like learn the scam codes or whatever? You know, like yeah. learn how to like scam copies <laughs> and just like you know yeah, like, cut and paste. However like, specific you want to get on this yeah, podcast, no, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let people figure that one out. But um, but yeah, it's like uh, yeah, like cut and paste, like yeah, and and you know being able to like search the internet for like other zines and and other events and things. Like it's a really it's a really great way to find like-minded people i think in a much more it, it doesn't feel as impersonal as as the internet can when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. So what brought you to first form warriors? And like you can maybe place it along with, as we've been going through this timeline of your life and what you've gotten yeah. into and what's inspired you. Where did where did Warriors come in? Well, we're, I I was in another band called The Measure for a long time, and that was my first band, and I'd only ever played music with them. And it got to a point where I was like, I need to make music with other people. Like all my friends are in like five different bands, and I've only ever been in this one. I just want I just wanted to make music with people who had like a little bit different musical influences than my current than like my band at that time and. And so it was a total side project. And then when the measure broke up, um, like took a little bit of time off, and then really just made Warriors the the main jam. And and so then it it, it kind of transformed more from like a collaborative band into just my my own like solo songwriting project. 
and um, really interested, how did you come to work with Laura Jane Grace, who produced your previous album? How did that all come together? Um, I mean, we we'd crossed paths um, in the past, like just really peripherally. Like we didn't really know each other at all, and and just through some mutual friends, I was able to get in touch with her, and she was interested in in working with us on the record. Um, but it was really it was really like a case of like I just emailed her. It yeah, wasn't, yeah. Like, it wasn't any. Um, uh, I I don't know. It, I I wish it were some more adventurous story, but um, it yeah, it's like we I don't know. A lot of things like that that are awesome just don't have the most interesting yeah. lead up stories. Well, it's like when you you know it, we I've been touring in, in another band like we both like both our bands have been on no idea like we had mm. a lot of similar friends from Gainesville and touring and like a lot of the bands that they had taken on tour were friends of ours so it just it I feel like we we also um like are, are pretty like-minded people and and it and I really wanted to work with someone that I didn't have to explain things to you know yeah. like I didn't I didn't have to explain my politics explain you know gender expression to a producer um and it was really great to work with somebody who you know whose songwriting I loved and um, was great to work with as a producer. So. Yeah. Like when I was talking about like how I really like your choruses before, <laughs> like, like w- when I saw that you worked with Laura Jane, I well, it sort of clicked like, yeah, because they really remind me of just like those big sing along against me choruses. Cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, we definitely have, um, I think similar thought processes in that, mm-hmm. in that regard. So it made like, I think collaborating was a lot of fun. Yeah, and they have a very tight, even though they're a punk band, a tight pop side and pop, like a chorus sensibility oh, to what yeah. they do. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I remember, did you read her autobiography? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, like reading about how, like, she first started teaching herself to play guitar, like, playing along to just, like, the chords of Bob Dylan songs mm-hmm. and just sort of hearing how those just, like, sort of, like, big, like, sweeping, like, strumming would connect itself to, like, the way an an against me chorus would just go along. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, they started as a folk punk band. Mm -hmm. Like my first band started as a folk punk band, which is, I would never hope to to say, like looking back on it, like I'm not Mm -hmm. like, that's not, or I guess that's not how I think about music, but it's like, it is, you know, that's how I learned to play guitar is, you know, playing both like punk rock, but also like Billy Bragg and Ani DeFranco. So like, Mm -hmm you know those how you learn how to play and sing guitar at the same time i think definitely influences how you end up dealing with songwriting huh what do you mean by that like how how you sing and play guitar like yeah, performing like, wise yeah well cuz i mean not everyone can do you know like you can learn how to play like you can learn how to shred on guitar but it's different to like then also sing at the same time right yeah so um it's like it's why i don't play lead guitar mm. um and so I think, like learning, yeah, it's like if you if you think about having to play guitar and sing, like Billy Bragg and Ian DeFranco, it's not. I don't know. It's 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 not the same thing as like learning other bands or like it. It just depends. It's like it's it's a stylistic. Thing. I don't. I'm, yeah. I haven't really thought through how to explain yeah. this. But, M- but yeah. Music that lends itself to 
someone strumming by themselves and singing the melody and playing it mm-hmm. all all themselves just yeah that you know that up and down motion that just like goes with the rhythm of the song yeah well th- and that's the thing it's like i learned how to play guitar so i could write songs i didn't learn how to play guitar so i could like solo yeah it just like wasn't my um wasn't my entrance to it so so with the new album coming up what what's what's in the future for warriors Whoa. take us through it well we're um we're going to Australia in September for two weeks. We're um, uh, supporting Camp Cope, who we were on tour with um, in the States earlier this summer. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to get, get back in the van with those folks. And, um, and then we're doing a tour in the fall, um, like a North American tour, U.S. and Canada, um, with Thin Lips. And, and some of those shows are also with Katie Allen. We're playing The Fest. Um, but, but that tours in like October and November. Yeah. So so yeah, and the record comes out September 29th. So we go to Australia, record comes out, another big tour. Um, or another long tour, I should say. Exciting. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then who knows? I mean, at this rate, I'm never going home again. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just assuming we're just gonna gonna be on the road for the rest of my life (laughs) yeah well it seems like for for, like we've gone through a lot of your life it seems like you've jumped between a lot of different passions a lot of different things it doesn't seem like there's been like a long plan of we're gonna do this many albums or anything like that yeah well i mean it's it's you know music has just always been there like it's just been like an unquestionable thing like i'm and i am in a band like that's Mm -hmm. just how it's always been but it's really nice to um you know be be making music like on a more consistent basis or just you know having having a plan now i think yeah is there anything else new jersey that we did not touch on oh i'm sure there's lots of new jersey things we uh, well but um i don't know not not that uh not that i can think of but um yeah I don't know. I feel like I, I guess what I should say is I could go on about New Jersey all day. So yeah, as could I. I'm I'm trying to not go down that road unless <laughs> there's a point to it. <laughs> but um uh yeah, I don't know. I mean I haven't I haven't lived in New Jersey in a very long time, but I look I look back on that time fondly. <laughs> as do I, like, I. I think I think once <laughs> what, what? I just say the Bruce Springsteen connections. Oh, Oh, I I have a great Bon Jovi connection. So if you share your Bruce, I feel fine collaborating in this conversation. Yeah. Oh well, um, the cover like so the the single artwork for the possibility is a play on Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA. That um, that that song is kind of my play on like over kind of over romanticized views or like nostalgic views of New Jersey mm. in a very like spring like that I think of as a very Springsteen thing um, so the artwork for that song is like me trying to queer the Born in the USA cover and I don't really want to exp- like over explain it because I think if you see it you'll get it yeah I mean we can but, link to it and, and yeah but I but that was my like oh okay this is <laughs> this is the moment at which I get to make this thing and uh, God have and we so, been yeah. romanticizing too much have we been romanticizing oh, the ills of New Jersey <laughs> Well, I mean yes, but I think it's more like uh, 
Like I I love super nostalgic songs about New Jersey. Like love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, Straight guys. And Born like, in the USA was even a song that uh, was well, meant to be subversive, but was but taken is, out yeah. was taken out of context and thought of as just like a Hail America song by conservatives yeah. back in the day. Yeah, well, no, and that well, and I think that's why I like Springsteen is because I think he's more subversive than yeah. There's levels to always it. give him credit for, it. but um, but yeah, it's but that's the thing. It's like not to say that that's um, you know, the songs that now we think of as nostalgic or are bad or anything. I love them, but I I wish that I could see myself in them. Yeah, and um, it's hard to. See, to see yourself in like uh you know openly dating people when you were a teenager when you like weren't really allowed to mm-hmm. um so uh it was it was fun to try to write something that maybe maybe would be that sort of vibe for me for myself but um like just as a queer person in New Jersey. Yeah. But, well, you were, you were saying a lot of the art you want to make is just the art you wish to yeah. see out in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's it. I feel like it's really it's like selfish in a way that I'm just like I just want I just want to make stuff that it's all like, for me. Would have been useful for me. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe other people will like it, but yeah. But yeah. No. I'm, so I'm I'm excited about that song and yeah. My my Bon Jovi thing was just that his drummer Tico Torres grew up on the same street as me. Oh, cool! And my mom went to high school with him. Bon That's Jovi. Awesome. My mom went to high That's school. That's really cool. Yeah, she's from Saraville. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's Central New Jersey. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Hell yeah! Anything else you want to throw out there? Um, no, I think that's it. We're I good. Good. Yo, thanks thank so much you. for coming by. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yo, thanks to Lauren for coming by. Check out Survival Pop. It's out now. Give Warriors a follow on Twitter, too. Lauren runs the account. Really well done. Excellent content. So we're out here, too, trying to pump out that content. We're a weekly podcast. We run uh, most Thursdays, pretty much every Thursday, uh, to get us automatically every single week. Subscribe. Search for us in iTunes or just the podcast app on your phone. Hammer that subscribe button, and while you're there, give us a rating. Tell us what you like, what you don't like about the show. Star ratings help immensely. They help a lot. And so do your own words, so write in a little comment with your star rating, and also tweet at me. That's a more direct, more personable way to talk about podcasts, because you know, it's it's like there's not really a comment section in a podcast. It can feel kind of not so personal sometimes, so to keep up with the show. Follow me on Twitter as well. The handle is at cpain on a plane, or just search for my name, Chris Payne, C-H-R-I-S-P-A-Y-N-E. I'm the first name that comes up for that, because there's a few, but first one should be me. Give me a follow, say what's up. I'm always dropping little hints on there and what's coming on the podcast coming up. And yeah, there will be plenty of those hints in the coming weeks, because there's a bunch of interviews Don't really like to talk about them before they've happened, but I have a lot of artists coming through the Billboard office and beyond in October of 2017, and I can't wait to share these episodes with you. So until next time, have a good weekend. I'll see you next week. (laughs) 
catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 